Oh, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the 209 Till Infinity Podcast. CD Slap. Coming to you live from beautiful Series, California, home of the Infinity Studios. Get it, Savage. It's Monday morning, the pod is dropped. Cue up the new soap and the coffee pot. You know these cats got a lot to say. Savage O'Malley and Billy A. Yep. Hip hop life and movies too. Keeping up on the trends just like you. CD slaps hooked up with this funky beat. Oh, you know the boys, we love to eat. Grub it. It's all part of the show. We love to bring to your earbuds hell. We even sing. Mm-hmm. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. And like Biggie said, now you know Do you need a break and escape just to ease your mind? Well look no further than your homies in the 209 Because it's time to lose all those blues that got you stressed out Give us one hour and you know we'll knock that mess out The best route is music, movies, laughter, and friends The conversation's starting, y'all jump on Come in on. And you know it won't stop, you know it don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, friend. The party don't stop, the party don't end. Now let's let the episode begin. What up, what up, what up, and uh, welcome to another episode of the 209 till infinity podcast. As always, it's your boy DJ Billy A, and across the way from me is my man. 50 grand. Get up on your mic and tell them who you am, my friend. Yo, what's going on? What's going on? It is your boy, Snuggle Jennings. Yes, in the building. Not can, not related to Shooter or Struggle. No, no resemblance. No, no. Or Waylon. Yeah, no resemblance? That's not I right. mean, I am yeah. white. Yeah, there is a resemblance possibly, but yeah. No relation. Uh, Savage say. O'Malley, a.k.a. Drillbit. Yes. Uh, Been pulling out that Easton lately? And oh, man. Don't give me that Easton ultralight, bro. Yeah. <laughs> is it, we, we're, we're watching it. We're, on TikTok, there's this guy. He's called the BP King. Yeah. And uh, love his videos are so they're awesome, dude. Yeah. They're super entertaining. Yeah. He uh, he literally like takes all these old bats and these and he is like basically just like he'll hit them all and he'll like he'll like track his 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 exit velocity and distance and all this stuff. And he's taking bats from like the 60s and the 70s and yeah. the 80s and the new bats and the old bats and like all this other stuff. And he did like the 70s and 80s. And the yeah. 80s was the Easton Ultralight that I have. I literally still own is in my bedroom. I took a picture and showed Bill. Yeah. That he was hitting with. And he was like, dude, why? Like, like just in shock at how good these bats were. Yeah. You know? Oh, dude, I can remember playing Little League. And it was like when you were in school, like you had to have Levi's. You had to have Air Jordans, right? It was all about the name brands. Well, fuck, when I played Little League for the couple seasons I played, your bat meant a lot. What bat you showed up with? Like, and and I was too embarrassed to bring, I I thought as a kid I was cool. I didn't use aluminum. Like, well, me and my homies would go out and play home run derby. I had this giant wood bat that was my dad's, signed by Johnny Bench. It was a Johnny Bench model. And this, you got to think, this is like seventh and eighth grade. And this bat's like a... I don't know, a 34, does that sound right? I don't remember. They, they put the number on the bottom that was the size. Yeah, so that's the length. Yeah, so it was, at the time, in seventh grade, way too large for me. But I'd bring that down for Home Run Derby and be like, yo, I'm swinging the wood, baby. I'm bringing the Johnny Bench, baby. Don't fuck with me and Johnny Bench. Boy, I thought that was the stuff. And man, it was like swinging a goddamn tree trunk, dude. It was like there was no pop, no velocity. But I wanted to be like the my the big leaguers I watched. They swang the wood, dude. They they weren't allowed to use. They pro the big leaguers would probably love to use to use uh, aluminum bats because they crush records. Like yeah. it would be insane. But yeah, dude. So but when I'd show up to little league, I didn't bring the Johnny Bench with me, dude. I'd be like, hey man, can I borrow your bat when it's my time to hit? Like there was always one guy that had the amazing bat that spent his parents, not he, his parents spent a shit ton of money on. And that was the one we all waited in line to use. Be like, yeah, all right, man. Go ahead, man. Take it, man. 
So you had that. You had the Easton Ultralight. You had a nice bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just a different, man. You watch that guy's video, and it's that tink, that sound, and that ball just goes a fucking country mile, dude, when he pulls that bat out. It's gone, and he's got somebody out in the parking lot or something going, 587 feet or whatever, and he's like, holy shit. We're like, done. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> but I forget what bat is it. One he pulls out, and it just like crumbles it like bends in the middle and it's just like falls apart on him and it's like some bat that was given away as a like a like it was like a gift or it was like a giveaway or some free i i i get mixed up because i once i saw that video then i start going down a rabbit right. hole yeah yeah and one of the bats he pulls out is like some signed bat by somebody that was like something they gave away almost like a toy and he gets up there and hits on it and hits on it and hits on it until the shit just falls apart in the middle like it dents and bends and folds but dude, dude it's just, there's just something about watching someone hit a home run that it's just such an amazing feeling and, it, and it's so entertaining to watch. Like this dude's not a, he can hit. Clearly he's got a nice swing and he knows how to pop the ball out. He knows how to swing to take it out of the park. And it's just something joyous about watching that. Like it's why the home run derby is still so popular. It's why as a kid we would play home run derby. Like we didn't play full on games. We didn't have enough people. Hey man. But one out of 10 went out of Mike Clark Field, and that was the greatest. I felt like a superhero, man. Like, it was like, you just can't match the rush. Ch chicks dig the long ball. Yes, yes, they do. And, and hey, I was swinging the wood. Yeah. I, I brought the Johnny Bench. I heard. <laughs> Bill brings the wood. I was coming off the bench with Johnny Bench swinging that wood, baby. It was a 34. Don't hey. you? That's long. <laughs> if you if you if you can swing it man swing it i dude my little seventh grade arms <laughs> barely got that thing around you're probably dragging that thing home I, I grew into it though i grew i don't know where the johnny bench is now i think we finally got rid of it but i i did finally grow into that bat i wish i still had it now that my dad gave that to me that would have been that would be awesome to have the johnny bench dude that brought back some fucking memories i'll bring in the johnny bench baby absolutely dude. shit that was the stuff man so anyway yes i i i do have the uh, eastern ultralight i haven't been swinging it unfortunately i i uh I'm afraid to swing it because I feel like it's so old and it's been through so much. Like you said, it's got some dings in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can um, see the 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 uh, the years, and the yeah, mileage on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'd be afraid like I'd ruin it and break it. Yeah. It's not that you know that would really matter that much, but it's a nice little so, memory to my youth. W now I, I'm a, I'm a novice. I don't know a lot, so I know that you you do a lot of golf, but you're also in men's softball leagues. Now oh, yeah. is that you wouldn't take the Easton to softball. There's a softball bat. Right? Oh, yeah. No, I have multiple softball bats. Same kind of thing. You want the new thing. You want the one that hits. You want the one that, you know, that <clears throat> I've got a. So I've got a I've got a Mike and Freak. Mike and Freak. Yeah, okay. I've got a, uh, a German. I got a D Marini vanilla gorilla bat. Okay, I remember D Marini. Yeah. yeah. They made baseball bats, mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. So they may, there's, I mean, you know, they capitalize on anything they can make money on. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. These bats are 200, 300. Yeah. So it's similar to like, but you only got to buy one where it's like golf clubs. Like that's insane. Cause you golf too. And I know that you got, you need to get a nice set of clubs. Like you want nice, nice, nice. You could spend over a G on a nice my, set of golf my... clubs. Easy. Let me think here. Hold on. Uh, um, my golf bag in general right now is over fifteen hundred dollars i believe it yeah. my driver i just bought a couple months back as a treat to me i wanted a new driver i bought one um is a 500 dollars driver wow okay um i knew it's i know it's not cheap but it's one of those things where you think about like you know it's not 500 dollars for one time right like, oh, a, no, like yeah. a night you know what i mean yeah like, yeah, yeah yeah it's you know, not like going it's, to a concert no it's yeah. like you know i justify using my 500 dollars on a playstation while well, i use it all the, all time. the time for multiple yeah. years so yeah, yeah. it's break that down to per use and you know it's it's a good investment so it's the same kind of thing with that that's what when everybody's like why do you still collect movies like I, I buy these hard copies of movies i've been getting into that like buying all the ones i consider classics that i watch over and over I and just I go, ordered one. Yeah, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Heat. Thanks to you. Heat, 4K, 8, that was a 7.99. Yeah. Hell of a price for a 4K. You, you know, it's funny, too, is you totally reminded me, like, I have, like, this very small list, but I have a couple movies that I either 
lost or don't have some for some reason, yeah. or they're only on DVD. Okay. That I definitely wanted to upgrade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I know that if something wasn't filmed in 4K, it's not going to be. It's not quite the same. But it's going to be improved video, improved. Oh, 100%. Clean it the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. And on that list was Heat. Yeah. And you just happened to randomly send that to me. And I was like, oh, shit, I forgot about looking out for these things. You know what's weird is I was on Best Buy shopping for I, I've wanted. And the ones I can't find, one of the ones I can't find used. Because I hit, like, all the Goodwills and uh, the Cave, like, the record stores. I go up here to the Rasputins, the Mad Monk. And I look for used Blu-rays of all the classics. One of the ones I've never been able to find is the Naked Gun with Leslie Nielsen. I love the first one. The first one is an absolute epic classic, in my opinion. Makes me laugh every time I watch it. Like, really like the second one. Wasn't the biggest fan of the third one, but it's got moments. But I can't find them used anywhere. So finally, I, I start looking. And what's weird is it's cheaper to buy all three than it is to just buy the Naked Gun. Like, I really just want the Naked Gun, the first one. But they wanted like 19 for that versus like $13.99 for the trilogy. Right. So I type in the naked gun and that the trilogy pops up and I'm scroll I click on it, put it in my cart, but I keep scrolling and for some reason heat, the 4K version of heat, which has nothing. You can't get two more different movies. Other than that Frank Drebin is a cop and Al Pacino is a cop and Heat. There's no other similarities to those movies. So I don't know why the 4K of Heat popped up after I was searching the Blu-ray of Naked Gun, but it did. And I saw that and was immediately like, oh shit, if Savage hasn't seen this or doesn't have it, I know this has got to be a big deal for him because I really thought that was a good movie. I just recently saw it. I was like, damn, eight bucks for a 4K? That, you never, 4Ks are 30 at minimum, 25. Like you don't see an $8 4K very often. So I, I sent that to you and you were like, swoop. It's in the. It's coming here next week. Yeah. No, it was. It's one of those things that, uh, like I said, like I've got a couple movies. Most of the stuff has been Blu-rayed up at this point. Like, yeah, I don't have a lot of older movies that are I give a shit about that I don't have the new one of. Yeah, yeah. But um, the Heat is one of them, and we talked about that. Like, you know, when we talked about some of the movies you'd never seen, like yeah. I had those on. DVD, but I'm yeah, and DVD, but not Blu-ray, and definitely not 4K. I've only got a couple 4K movies. Right. I think I have Endgame, and then I have Shooter, and now I'm gonna have Heat. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a. I'm all Blu-ray right now because I don't have a 4K capable TV or player. But I know that everything I've read says that the 4K player will upscale the Blu-ray to push it to the highest quality you can get out of it when on a 4k tv so whenever i do get a 4k tv and get a 4k player it's not like the blu-rays are just like oh shit they're wasted now i got because i won't start all over again and get 4k try to try to do this all over again with 4k the blu-rays are staying on blu-ray and they'll get upscaled like that's just going to have to be it and then moving forward anything else will be 4k but from what i've everybody's telling me now is the 4k tvs are starting to come down i've been kind of looking at them I don't have any money right now, but I keep my eye on them and they have come down in price. And they're now a lot of 8K is what I've been seeing, 8K TVs. Um, and then from what a lot of people were saying is it's actually cheaper to buy a PlayStation 5, like a used one that has the 4K player in it than actually just buying a 4K player. I've been told that it's actually cheaper right, right. to buy a PS5. So somewhere down the line, it's not going to be anytime soon. If I get a 4K or 8K TV, I'll probably end up picking up, unless the prices come down on 4K players, a used PS5 and a, and just start from there. And that's how I'm going to do it. But I know eventually that that'll end up happening. It's just that's down the road like a year or so. But I, I was blessed. Now, we talked about it on the podcast. My sister gifted me their old 70 inch, <coughs> inch yes. HD TV because they moved up to 4K, a, a smaller 4K TV. So I'm like, for me, that's good enough for right now. Like I'm, I'm cool with that. Like that's, that's cool. You know, 70 inch high def, but yeah, man, I got all these physical copies of these movies and, and it's like we were saying, like it, it pays for itself. If you pay five or six bucks for them, like I'm paying for most, if you watch it more than once, it's paid for itself like, and I'll watch it once every couple of years. 
So when people are like, why do you do that? It's well, because I love it. It makes me happy. And uh, it'll, it, 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 if I watch it twice, it's paid for itself. Like, I don't just want, I don't know, I'm a collector. I don't want my movie in the cloud. Right. I don't want my movie stored in my television or on my computer or on my laptop. I want to go out. I got a shelf out in the garage where they're all like displayed. And I, I just love that. It makes me feel good, dude. And that's the 90s cat in me coming out. But I don't I don't give a fuck, man. I love it. I love it, dude. But yeah, I, I forgot where we initially were. Somehow we were talking, we were talking, what were we talking about? And then we got off on the the 4K. And the, I don't know what the conversation was prior to that. I got to be honest with you, man. I have no idea. I'm lost a little bit. Oh, we were just checking in. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I don't remember where, where, what derailed us onto the 4K and the collecting, and I don't remember. I've lost track of the conversation. I truly have derailed, dude. I don't know where we're at. That's the the ultimate derail. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what led us to that. But anyway, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, As you brought up in uh, two episodes ago, yeah, I did finally get to see the Flash. That's right. Yes. And you watched uh, it on HBO Max. I did watch it on the Max. And just a spoiler alert to tell you how I felt about this album. Album? <laughs> how I felt about this movie. I actually went out and bought a copy, a physical copy, the day it was released on Blu ray. I paid $24 for this movie. Mm-hmm. I really liked this movie. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't understand the hate. I, re- I really don't. Uh, and I've kind of mentioned several times how I felt. So why don't you start? What did you think of The Flash, man? So here's my... uh, First of all, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Right. I thought it was entertaining. I thought the story was good. Yeah. I thought the... Um, they did a good job with the multiverse aspect of, yeah. of everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that um, Ezra Miller did a good job of playing multiple roles. Yeah, agreed. Um, I thought that uh, it was great to see uh, alternate universe Michael Keaton who doesn't give a shit about anything yeah. and the world is Batman at the end of his days who just feels worthless yeah like he doesn't they, have anything nobody to needs do. me yeah 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 so good <laughs> you know and there's this spot where like the Ezra Millers go to find Batman and Bruce Wayne and he attacks him in the kitchen with like French bread and yeah, shit yeah, and, yeah. and a broom yeah yeah and, and uh he's got long ass hair and yeah. he's barefooted he looks like a homeless person in yeah. a mansion like he doesn't give a shit yeah and at first you're like outside if you didn't know that michael keaton was in this movie and you saw that you wouldn't have known it was him right away yeah 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 yeah. and um so and then there's this part where he's like explains like look we messed up the timeline we're in an alternate universe we need you you're batman we need you to help us and he goes pass <laughs> yeah, <he's> so <laughs> they're good. like what Pass. His, the way he explains the multiverse with the spaghetti is one of my favorite moments. I don't think in Endgame or anywhere have they, when he shows the two lines of spaghetti and he says one diverges and, and you think that you've created a new timeline and now it's here. But no, what really happens, he snaps the spaghetti in half. You fuck it all up. And he's like, then he throws a bunch of boiled noodles onto a plate. He goes, now you got all these different timelines crossing and merging. Then he throws the sauce on and goes, now you just got a hot sloppy f- fucking mess basically and then he starts grating cheese over it and the younger flash goes what's what's the cheese he goes oh that's just a garnish the metaphor's over now it's we're, just we're a getting, garnish yeah, stop yeah. the the dynamic of the somewhat older flash meeting his 18 year old self right i absolutely loved and i know that the things ezra miller did were horrible I know that in real life, he was a real absolute douchebag, just a horrible person for a while there. I hear he's cleaning up his act. I hear he's off drugs and alcohol and he's trying to be a better person, but that doesn't excuse what he did. I get it, but I thought he was really funny in this movie. He's got some really heartfelt moments. I thought the uh, the stuff between him and his younger self where he just looks so, he's like, oh my God, I get it. I know why people don't like us. You know, like he's realizing how much of an idiot he is meeting his younger self and his younger self's getting frustrated with the older self. They're just trying to understand each other. And it's such a killer dynamic. I just really dug that. And I thought he did a killer job despite 
it does you know i get it he's a piece of shit but he did a great job that you can't take away from the performance like I, i'll tell you this like i knew i knew enough about the movie to know that i was certainly interested in watching it and i certainly yeah. initially wanted to watch it in the theater um but i didn't get to it because obviously i had to go to little mermaid right um, correct yeah priorities baby. yeah i get it yeah um and uh we've already talked about how i'm i really don't like how they handled scuttle in yeah that movie. <laughs> right correct you know, right like, correct. hashtag free scuttle yes terrible um but um what i didn't know because I, I did know about the michael keaton thing that guy that thing got released real early oh yeah we, they pushed know, that hard yeah yeah well, we knew about it when, um, like, you know, sometimes like stuff gets leaked and like yes. people don't, you know what I mean? Like we, we knew about Charlie Cox walking off of the Marvel set of oh, Spider-Man Spider like, No Way Home. Yeah. A, a year before. and a half before. People oh, yeah. were like, I'm pretty sure I saw Charlie Cox leaving the, the, and people were like, oh my God, Daredevil's coming. You yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And so we knew about the, the Michael Keaton thing kind of yeah, got leaked. This movie was supposed to come out like two years ago. The yeah. Flash was way delayed, way delayed. Because DC changed hands twice since this movie was done. So when the new presidents took over, uh, they had to do some reshoots to fix an ending or change something. And then Zack, uh, not Zack Snyder, and then, um, God, I can't remember the name of the guy who's running it now. That's terrible. The guy who directed uh, uh, James Gunn. So now it's the James Gunn universe. And James, what James Gunn did is he axed Henry Cavill. He axed Wonder Woman. And so they had to go back and reshoot again. So this has had two reshoots, which are incredibly expensive. Tons of delays, which are incredibly expensive. And turned this into DC's biggest flop. And you, you heap onto that, the, the writer's strike where they can't advertise the film the same way and promote it. And then Ezra Miller just being a complete asshole, the movie failed miserably. Like not just a little bit, it failed crazy hard. But what's funny is I, I follow all the movie websites and everybody, all the posts, there's so many posts. DC's biggest failure, you know, the Flash goes to streaming and doesn't do well. The Flash goes to HBO Max and it doesn't do well. But the majority of the comments are always the same. I liked it. I don't get it. I enjoyed it. I've seen it twice. I've seen it three times. I really liked it. I don't see what the problem is. Not the best, but it was fun. And then occasionally you get the, oh, this movie sucked ass. It was fucking horrible. You get those. But the majority is positive. So I don't understand why it's not making money. You know, it's weird how that works. Because I really did. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought, what did you think of Supergirl? I, I liked her. I liked her character, right? Um I thought it was I thought it was cool. I liked how um how she you know, they went into you know, this Russian bunker yeah. essentially to yeah. save Superman and they get there and they're like, Oh. Yeah, and I love the Batman so hardcore. He's like, it's not her. Let's go. it's not him. Let's go. <laughs> and he's just gonna fucking leave that. She's all like skinny and hurt and clearly in trouble. And he's like, yeah, it's not him. Let's go. <laughs> and Flash is like, no, no, we gotta help her. We gotta save her. But I like Keaton's Batman is kind of hardcore. Like he's like, nope, we're out of here. I, I'll tell you this. One thing I didn't know. There was obviously multiple things I didn't know about it. But one thing I didn't know is I didn't know. I didn't know Affleck was going to be in it. I didn't know yeah. Gal Gadot was going to be in it in, Just the, beginning. At the, beginning, in the beginning, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's the universe, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought it was pretty funny how like Alfred calls him. Yeah. And he's like, "Hey, we need you to do this." Like, why? Where's Batman? You know? Yeah, yeah. And basically, you know, hey, we're calling in the third string or yeah, the fourth yeah, yeah, string yeah, 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 to yeah. handle yeah. this hospital thing. Yeah, yeah. That that there. I I thought Affleck that the moment. It was cool to see. Affleck on the Bat motorcycle out in the day because we never really got to see Batman be he never got a solo Batman movie so it was cool to see Affleck on the Bat motorcycle having an action sequence chasing down the bad guys a lot of people complained about the suit I liked the color I liked the fact that we got the old school comic book the blue and is it blue i think it's blue and gray kind of like the old school bat like the comic book batman colors i get it the suit looked a little funky like it wasn't the best batman suit 
But a lot of you know people complain about the dumbest shit. But it was just great to see Affleck because I liked Affleck as Batman. So I love seeing him out there kicking ass and taking names. And then Wonder Woman kind of comes in and saves the day at the end. But and there's a really funny moment with the lasso of truth where it wraps around his hand and he starts being way more honest than he should be. Like it's a really great scene. But the the tender moment where Affleck is telling Batman these, these scars make us who we are. When he tells him, "Look, I could go back." I could save my mom. I could save your parents. And he tells him, like, don't, no, no, man. Look, I am who I am because I lost my parents. These scars make me who I am. Like, I don't want you to do that. Don't do that. This has serious repercussions. Right. You got to leave that alone, dude. And and that's one of Affleck's best moments as Batman, I felt like, in, in anything he's done so far as Batman. I, I really liked that a lot. Um, but originally, when they did the reshoots, originally... The end was supposed to be when he comes out of the courthouse, uh, when the Flash comes out of the courthouse after um, exonerating his father and finding out he's innocent. Um, at the end, it was supposed to be Diana, Prince, and Clark Kent there to greet him. Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot were going to be there to meet him and congratulate him. And then when the limo pulls up and he says, hey, whatever, what's Barry, I'm here. He goes, oh, great, Bruce, I have so much to tell you. The door was going to open and it was going to be Michael Keaton. Then ushering in Michael Keaton as like the new older Batman that was going to kind of be like they described him as um, he was going to be the Nick Fury of the DC new DC universe. He was going to be the mentor and the guide and the, the, the brains, but not so much the brawn because he's older. Yeah. But once they brought in James Gunn, they had to ax that. So they they lost Godot. They lost Cavill. So both of them got scratched from the, they had to reshoot, take them out of there, the end. And then Michael Keaton, they decided, James Gunn was like, I don't want Keaton as the, this guy hanging around. Because there's also a Batgirl movie that they completely shit canned yeah. that has Michael Keaton as the, the, the guy who's training Batgirl. They shit canned that movie and took him out of the end sequence and put in the surprise I don't know if we want to spoil it at this point. Spoiler alert. George Clooney shows up at the end as the as the guy at, and Barry's just like, who the fuck is this? Who the fuck are you? Like he does it. He drops the F-bomb. And like it, it's a great moment. I thought it was funny. A lot of people hated it. I thought it was funny. I didn't mind it. Well, I, I, I thought it was entertaining and funny just because, you know, you messed up the timeline again. Yes. And now a different Batman is here. Yeah. Because George Clooney was Batman. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and regarded, highly regarded as one of the worst <laughs> Batman movies ever made, Batman and Robin and George Clooney. But looking at him when he got out, tell me that dude don't look like Bruce Wayne. He looks like an older Bruce Wayne. Listen. He it, just got the shaft. He's a good actor. He got a terrible Batman movie and there's nothing he could do about that. Like, So I thought it was great they gave him one more little nibble at the apple. It was a nice little touch I thought at the end. It didn't bother me a bit and I, I really liked, I, I thought it was funny. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I, I thought it was great. You know, another piece of it that I didn't know, but I really liked it. It's just one of those things. Like sometimes you run into people you just like. Yeah. I really liked Ron Livingston as Flash's dad. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I haven't seen him much. Office like, Space yeah, is the yeah. last thing I really yeah. watched him in. Yeah. yeah. And so that was really cool to see him and, and just, you know, because I hadn't seen him in forever. Yeah. Like, I'd seen him pop up in, like, little TV shows here and there randomly. Like, yeah, just yeah. random characters. Yeah, yeah. But not in a real big movie that I was really paying attention to. So, um, yeah, it's been a it's been a minute. Yeah, he was great. I thought it was cast really well. I, I really liked, um, I really liked, and I don't know that, I can't remember the young lady's name, but the young lady that played Supergirl was, like, a much more hard much more dark, gritty version of the gritty, hardcore female version of Superman. They take her out at the top of Wayne Manor to put her in the sun to recharge her, her batteries and, and to get healthy again. And young Barry says, how you feeling? Are you feeling strong? And she like goes and spits and takes the head off a gargoyle off the top of the building. And he's like, yep, okay, looks like you're doing all right. Like. Like hardcore, like Henry Cavill would have never done that. Like that's not a Cavill move. Like Superman is much more classy. She was like dark. At one point she's about to abandon them and not help them at all. And then she comes back and she's like, I don't want to help you people. You earthlings are fucking horrible, dude. But uh, 
yeah i dude i also i also liked uh, at the end of the um again spoiler alerts like they're in like i don't even know how you want to describe it when he is basically like in this area where he can see the universe they call it the chrono bowl so when he's in the chrono bowl with younger barry yes regular barry and then this monster that's like following them evil future barry which is like evil future barry which i good or bad i was like i bet that's him from the future like i I saw that coming yeah but they show these like different like worlds like colliding and things happening like he's fucking everything up yeah and like you see like nick cage is superman yeah you know and and like these little things that are like just a little bit tweaked and off yeah yeah yeah. you know which i thought was super cool which is what we love about the multiverse right yeah it's 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 what however positive or negative you want to think about this one or marvel or whatever it's that the multiverse can be kind of anything yeah and the beautiful thing about that and a lot of people love that they gave the nod to nick cage was nick cage for about 15 minutes was going to be superman uh tim burton was going to direct a movie called superman lives they had a script kevin smith wrote the script superman lives and in superman lives the one thing they requested from kevin smith is that superman fight a giant spider and kevin smith always jokes about the fact that he had to somehow figure out how to put a giant spider into his script for superman to fight so that's why you see nick cage like break free and start punching this like and tearing fighting with this giant spider because that was supposed to happen there are you can pull it up online there are pictures of nicholas cage in a superman outfit and his superman was going to have long hair he's going to be a lot more dark and a lot more brooding but there is him in they had they designed the outfit had the script and then shit canned it at the last minute but you can go online and find pictures of nicholas cage actually in a superman outfit that's what makes that scene so dope but that's also what everybody complained about because they were like the cgi is terrible but I looked at it as like, okay, they're in this chrono bowl that's like the real world, but not. And you're kind of seeing things askewed and things what could be or might be or what's happening elsewhere. I didn't think it was supposed to look like the actual, like, be dead on. You know what I mean? Like, I get what people are saying. It's not the best CGI, but I didn't have a problem with it. Like, it didn't, like, fuck the movie for me. Like, right. Some people are like, this, like the babies at the beginning. Terrible. but Yeah, but funny. I almost felt like I told my wife, because I've now watched it three times. My wife watched it with me the third time. And I told her, I said, I really feel like they did the babies that way on purpose to, like, be funny. Like, I think they could have made oh, the you, babies. You have to know that that yeah. looks terrible. So yeah, they yeah. absolutely was on purpose. I felt like it was a joke and nobody got it like people because so many people complain about the babies and the chrono bowl that's all i hear that's the main complaint of the movie is that is the babies look terrible at the beginning and the cgi and the chrono bowl is awful but the chrono bowl i'll give people a little bit on that but it didn't throw the movie off for me but the babies on a third viewing i just think it's funny like it's cheese it's super cheesy the way he saves the babies when he saves the babies at the nurse at the end and then she's just fucking, the nurse is screaming because she's just realizing what's happened and he's like, yeah, yeah, uh, you may want to see a ther- seek therapy after this. The Justice League, we're, we're not so good with that right now. <laughs> so you may want to work on that. He's like, you're welcome. Thank you. And she just walks off screaming like, "I, dude, I thought it was funny. I thought it was touching. Oh, dude, the, the scene with his mom at the end. Yeah. When he goes back to see his mom right. one in last the, time. In the uh, grocery store. Yeah, and he knows he has to take the can of tomato sauce back because she went back to the store for a can of tomato sauce. Or the, Is that right? She forgot to buy the tomato sauce. And he went back and so put it in the So the dad goes back to get the tomato sauce, and that's when the mom is killed. So he puts the tomato sauce in her cart so that the dad won't ever have to leave the house and she won't die. And that's how he fucks the universe up. So he has to go back and take the tomato sauce back out of her cart, knowing that that will kill her, but save the universe. And he has one last conversation with his mom, who she doesn't know it's him because he's grown up, Barry. But she recognizes him and feels this kind of special connection to him. And they have this really sweet 
conversation where she says, do you want a hug? And he's like, yes. And he's crying. He's tearing up. And he's like, I'm sorry. I just really miss my mom. And I love her so much. And she's like, well, you need to tell her. Tell her that. Moms love to hear that. And he's like, okay, I will. I will. And it's just a, I thought it was a beautiful moment. Well acted. Really sweet and touching. Um, yeah, this movie had everything for me. I thought the action was great. I thought it was hilarious at, at points. The whole Back to the Future stuff. The first moment where he really realizes he fucked the universes up is when he realizes Michael J. Fox is no longer the star of Back to the Future. And he's like, oh my God, what have I done? I ruined the universe! <laughs> because Michael J. Fox is not in Back to the Future. And I, I, I forget, Kevin Bacon is no longer in Footloose. Yeah, they're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's his first eye-opening moment where he's like, oh my God, I fucked the universe up. <laughs> like, all these movies are... I, I do not, I, I, yeah, there was just so much. I, I'm a sucker for time travel and I love the multiverse stuff. I loved Endgame. I loved Spider-Man No Way Home, two of my favorite Marvel movies. And I think this is DC, for me, hands down, this is DC. No, Michael Jackson plays Footloose. Not Kevin Baker? You mean the guy from Top Gun? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So Michael J. Fox is in Footloose. Kevin Bacon's in Top Gun. And it's Eric Stoltz is now in Back to the Future. And that's the moment when he realizes, oh, my God, I fucked everything up. Like, that was his first eye-opening moment. And then he starts asking about the superheroes, like Superman. And they're like, he doesn't know who they're talking about. And he's like, what about Aquaman? And he's like... They're like, who? And he's like, yeah, he talks to fish. And they're like, sounds like a mermaid. He's like, he's not a mermaid. Like, it's like, sounds like a mermaid. Like, and then he, that moment when he calls Aquaman's dad and he's like, can I talk to Arthur? And he's like, you want to talk to my dog? Like, what the, yeah. there's a lot of great, I just thought. And the main, the, one of the main things I loved about this movie is it's an origin story without being an origin story by going back in the past and meeting his younger self. Because that's the one thing. When they introduced the Flash to us in Justice League, we never got to see how he got his powers or what it was like for him when he first got his powers. So by him reintroducing himself to his younger self, he gets to see, we get to see how his younger self got the powers and then dealing with those powers. And there is a funny-ass scene where he he doesn't realize how tired it's going to make him, how hungry it's going to make him. The fact that he runs so fast that his clothes catch fire and he's going to be butt naked. He's fallen through the floor, butt naked into neighbor's rooms. And he's like, oh, I think I'm going to have to move now. You know, like there's so much. I, I really thought it was great, man. I, I really don't get the hate. It's unfortunate, I think, that Ezra Miller did what he did. And it's also unfortunate that DC has had this fucked up run where they're just one bad movie after another bad movie and a lot of bad decisions. Cause I think this should have been massive. If Ezra Miller behaves himself, you keep Henry Cavill in there and Gal Gadot in there and you keep it the way it was with Michael Keaton at the end and have Michael Keaton be in the springboard to the next movies. I think this movie's a juggernaut. I think it's a huge success, but it just had so much going against it that it was doomed for failure, and I, you know, I, I, I had to backtrack. I thought it was going to be huge, and it wasn't. Uh, so I, I did some research, and I caught up with, uh, not I caught up with, but I, I uh, caught some uh, extra little Easter eggs you may or may not know. Okay. So I'm going to drop these on you. Yeah. Uh, when Barry's dad is incarcerated, uh-huh. uh huh. Do you know what prison they put him in? No. So he got put in Iron Heights Penitentiary, which is. Basically, the DC version of the f- DC's most famous prism, prison, okay. which is uh, other like than Arkham, Ar- like Arkham, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's like the Metropolis, yeah, Arkham, yeah, okay. Um, so I, I'd heard somebody talk about this. I didn't know what it meant, but uh, when Barry is out, when Barry's talking to Bruce Wayne outside of the former's apartment, opposite of Barry's house is a store named Grayson's. Okay. Which is an out, which is a reference uh, to the DC family for uh, Dick Grayson, a hero commonly associated with Batman and the first Robin, like way back. Oh in yeah, the day. Dick Dick Grayson was Robin's yeah. name. That was his name in the yeah, in the uh, the original comics. They've never we've never seen Robin since Batman and Robin tanked so hard they've been scared to bring Robin back because it it never worked. Um, and then I definitely we talked about the. Uh, um, the reference to Aquaman and yeah, <laughs> and he's he's like, is she a goddess or what does she call her? And she's like, yeah, uh, no, yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. When he's talking to, yeah, is, is his mom there? Yeah. He's like trying to, is Arthur there? You want to talk to the dog? He's like, are you sure you didn't marry like a mermaid, like goddess? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I thought I really thought it was well done, man. I really enjoyed it. I I, I, w- I knew that I would enjoy it. Yeah. I didn't know that I would like it as much as I did. Yeah. I I will say that. Um, I, I felt like I was going to like it when we saw the previews. I was like, oh, I'm in. Yeah. You were like, you were out like immediately, I'm in. Um, I was going to tell you another thing, too. Uh, so uh, Tim Burton yes. did not like the reference. Oh, he did not. At all. He uh, he said. Oh, he as got, far as the Nicolas Cage, yeah, yeah, because Tim Burton they he, fired him from the third Batman. So he said movie. it goes into another AI thing, and this is why I think I'm over it with the studio. They can take what you did, Batman or whatever, and culturally misappropriate it or whatever you want to call it. Even though you're a slave of Disney or Warner Brothers, they can do whatever they want. So in my latter years of life, I'm a quiet revolt against all this. And he said, uh, I'll say this, when you work that long on a project and it doesn't happen, it affects you for the rest of your life because you get passionate about things and each thing is an unknown journey. And it wasn't there yet, but it's one of those experiences that never leaves you. Yeah. Yeah. Because he did Batman and then he did Batman Returns Mm -hmm. and he was working on a third bat. We should have gotten a third Batman movie with um, with Michael Keaton. But the studios felt that the direction that Tim Burton was going was too dark and they wanted to lighten it up. So they fired him. He, he, he went into the studio and was like, look, here's my plan for the third movie. He's like, I think we do this. We introduce this and we do this. And the studios were looking at him like, uh, yeah, so about that. And he goes, oh, you don't want me to do a third movie. And they're like, no, we're moving on to a new director. And they went and got Joel Schumacher, who that started. And so Keaton, they offered Keaton like, at the time, this was a huge payday, like $15 million to come back. But he felt loyalty to Tim Burton, and he thought the script sucked for Batman Forever. So he bowed out. And he said, Tim uh, Keaton said, because of that, for a long time, he was like blackballed in, in Hollywood. Like, he didn't do a lot of big blockbuster movies after Batman. He was kind of out until he got brought back into Spider-Man again and kind of reignited his career. But he had a hard go for a while, but he his loyalty to Tim Burton... Uh, is what kept him from doing that third Batman movie. And then he thought the script sucked. And then Burton turns right around and tries to do a Superman movie. And they shit can that movie as well. So I think Burton is a little butthurt at this point about superhero flicks. Yeah. Well, i tell you this. Yeah. I enjoyed it. If you haven't watched it, it yeah. is on HBO Max. HBO Max. It also is available for purchase at your local electronics retailer and supplier. walmart best buy i got it i think i got it at targets where i picked ended up picking it up but it's everywhere oh you picked it up over there at the target at the target baby oh, yeah, dude. I'm I, French. Lo- I love the target man i'd rather go there than down to walmart man hey, amen to that brother yeah but no i i thoroughly enjoyed it i thought we got an amazing origin story we got a heartfelt story i got to get see michael keaton get one more bite at the apple and he's my batman i absolutely love him the, the real question i guess is when are we going to get that Kevin Bacon Top Gun? Yes. How about that? Let's get in. Let's start having that. How amazing it would be if they just started making multiverse movies. Like, hey, look, we can remake Top Gun with all different actors. And fuck it. Just cash in. Call again. it a multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, here's Top Gun with, you know, whoever, like Eddie Murphy. Like, fuck it. Let's just see what happens. Like, <laughs> oh, man, that's too much. But yeah. World's our oyster, my guy. It sure is. And the way Hollywood just likes to reboot anyway, I could totally see that happening. I mean, when you think about everything that Disney's doing and all they're doing is remaking their classic cartoons with live action, they're not. So I got good news and I got bad news. Okay. Let's get the bad news first. What's that? Do you have Peacock? I do. Oh, so you can watch the Continental thing. Yeah, it's like four four three episodes, episodes three think. or four episodes. Yeah, the, the previews look good. We're getting a young Winston, the story of young Winston and how he was able to take over the Continental. So, uh, yeah, I might check that out. I'm not super, super enthusiastic about it, but I'm curious. I'll give it an episode or two, and then if I don't like it, I'll shut it down or I'll keep going. But That's three episodes. If you give two, might as well be watching yeah, the last. Yeah, right. Maybe as well wrap it up at that. Okay, it's only three. So, yeah, why didn't they just make it a movie? <laughs> yeah, at that point, like it's shit, like three episodes. Because you got to think about all the uh, 
all the advertising that comes in between all each each of those episodes. Right, that's that's it, man. That's where the advertising dollars. But yeah, I have Peacock super cheap. It's like four ninety nine a month. So I, it's one of the few streamers I got rid of Netflix. I'm I'm on the verge for uh, Apple TV because I just finished Ted Lasso, which I love. Mm-hmm. There's another show called Shrinking that I really love that isn't over yet. So. I don't know, man. I've been I've been real dialing it back. Uh, Disney Plus has got my money for the year, and then I'm gonna at the end of the year I'm gonna reassess whether that's something I want to keep or not because I have not been impressed with their. You and I were talking off mic about uh, uh, the the Secret Invasion show with Sam Jackson. Mm-hmm. I did not care for that show at all. Um, it didn't do well. No, it did not do well. And there's been several shows that I just didn't even watch because all I heard was terrible things like. I was kind of stoked for the fact that they were making a Willow show and then they dropped it and everybody just fucking crucified that show. So I never even, I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch it. I grew up on Willow. That was like a classic, you know, like Val Kilmer and yeah, dude, that was a classic flick. So I don't want to ruin my memory of it by taint it with this horrible show that they may have made. But yeah, man, it's uh, so that, so the bad news is you don't have Peacock. Is that what you were going to say? Yeah. Okay. What's the good news? Uh, the good news is that the uh, show's coming out. That something that's probably potentially interesting to us, the Continental Show. Oh, the Continental Show. So the good news was the Continental Show's coming. The bad news is it's on Peacock and you don't have it. Yes. Understood. Well, I do. I'll, I'll let you know what I think. Thanks. And if it's really good, it's probably worth $4.99. You can watch it once and then cancel your peacock. There Five bucks, you know what I'm saying? Like, watch watch a month of it, keep a month, and cancel at that point. Yeah, man. But yeah, no, it's uh, the streamers are getting expensive, and uh, I'm just like, I look now like even Hulu. I'm like, why why do I have this? Like, I'm not watching anything on Hulu anymore. I used to watch Hulu for NBC, and then NBC moved all their shit over to Peacock. So I'm like, why do I have Hulu now? My my wife likes that show, Only Murders in the Building. I liked the first couple seasons. The third season hasn't really been doing it for me. But uh, I don't know. I don't know, man, anymore. Like, it, I'm not going to go back to cable. That's for sure. But uh, I I don't know how many of these streamers I'm going to I was going to get rid of cable. Yeah. But my mom's here a lot, and she yeah. watches it a lot. Yeah. So my uh, promo had, re- had, had expired, uh-huh. so I called them. And I had a number in my head you got to get down to. And if you get down to it, I'll stick around. So they made it. So. Okay. Yeah. And that's the, and that's where they get you now. Because it's like everybody's got a streamer. If you get Paramount, if you've got CBS All Access, if you've got Netflix, if you've got Hulu, if you've got Apple, if you've got Disney, by the time you get all these channels, Paramount Plus, I don't know if I said that or not, but by the time you get all these streamers that may have one or two shows that you really love... A lot of them are 14, 15, six. You're paying way more than you paid for basic cable. But where they get you is now, so now you're at that point where you're like, okay, I cut the cord. Now maybe I should go back to cable. Well, you can't because all those shows, those shows that you do love, those one or two that you love on each streaming network are not on basic cable. You can't go back. There's no going back. It means you either have both you do either or, or you do both. And if you get both, then you're really shelling out the dough, dude. It's like they get you. You you can't win anymore. It's like if you just have regular CBS, you can't watch the Star Trek shit. The Star Trek shit's only on CBS All Access. Right. If you have regular NBC, you can't see Bel Air. You got to have Peacock to see Bel Air. And that's where they got you by the balls now, just to the point where you're like, oh, I cut the cable because streaming was cheaper. Well, now streaming's more expensive, but if I go back to cable, I can't watch only murders in the building. And I can't watch unless I keep both. And it is so fucking expensive, man. I forget what Netflix went up to. I canceled it because I was just, I spent more time scrolling through the Netflix menu than actually watching anything. And I'm like, why am I paying 16 or 15, whatever the fuck it is, to sit and scroll through a menu while I'm waiting for Cobra Kai to come back, you know, the one or two shows I watch, or while I'm waiting for the next Dave Chappelle special, because I love him. But it's not enough to keep the channel around for $15 a month. I watch Peacock every day because NBC, Saturday Night Live, Modern Family, 
the voice, you know, whatever, all that kind of shit. But I can't justify like Netflix. But when Cobra Kai comes back, I'll have to get it again for a while. But even HBO Max, once they were done with the movies, like they when they were doing the first run movies, I was like cool to have. But I had it for a while and just wasn't watching it. Well, let me tell you about a couple things that are coming down the pipe. Coming down the pipe. What do we got? Sticking movies to start. Okay. Uh, I have heard some good things about this. I'll definitely probably uh, keep an eye out, see how it does. But Craven the Hunter is coming out October yeah, 6th. I've seen the trailer. Um, we talked about this off the air. The Marvels is dropping November 10th. Yeah. I don't know anybody that's excited about watching that. Yep. Um, some movie called Madam Web, which is based around... It's, it's in the Spider-Man universe. Yeah. It's February 16th. Yeah. I, I think know. it's in the Spider-Man universe, but uh, it's like in the Venom. Yeah. It's that Sony Venom doctor, not Dr. Strange. What was Morbius? It's in that universe. Pretty much the only that. And so is Craven, which yeah. I think, so I think Craven's going to be asked because so far everything in that universe has been asked. Like I'm not, uh, Deadpool three that there you go. May 3rd, 2024. Hugh so Jackman got, back as Wolverine. We have a long time for that. Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine and in the yellow and blue classic X-Men suit. Sign me up. I, the first two Deadpool movies are amazing. I own hard copies of both those movies. I absolutely love them. And I think Logan is a classic. Fucking Logan is one of my favorite. Not just a great superhero movie. Logan is just a phenomenal movie in yeah. general. And I... I I'm so excited if, for if those you, worlds to collide. If you're a fan of Venom, Venom 3 comes out in July. Yeah, I never saw any of those. Uh, the new Captain America, July 26th. That's the Falcon mm -hmm. as a, as Captain America, yeah. Uh, Dan Anthony Mackie, Danny Ramirez, Seth Rollins, Liv Tyler, and Harrison Ford. Oh, yeah. Harrison Ford is taking over for the actor who passed away who was playing Thunderbolt Ross. So you know the guy who's always trying to catch the Hulk? That general. I can't remember the actor who played him initially, but uh, he he passed away. And I think it was William Hurt. Um, and now they've got Harrison taking over. But fuck, if they don't hurry up, Harrison may not be hurry. Uh, Harrison's 80-something. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> they better I, make that movie. I, I don't know if this is gonna, this could be very good or very bad. I have no idea. Yeah. But Thunderbolts comes out next December. Yeah, I don't know anything about that, so I am not familiar. I've heard that. So it's it's it. uh, it's the girl from Hawkeye. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I forget her name. E not not Hawk, not the girl, but the Russian girl. Yeah. It's her sister. It's uh. I don't remember Yen her Yena name. Belova. Yeah, yeah. Yelena. Yelena. Yes. Yelena Belova. Um, you got uh, Red Guardian. Bucky Barnes. Okay. Like this, this whole—it's kind of like a minor it, league Avengers. Yeah, it's got the yeah. al, it's got the alternate Captain America. Yeah, from the other universe. So like a discount Avengers. It's like uh, yeah, it's like uh, the the uh, great value. You want to hear my hard take? Uh, and it's not really a hard take because I've actually heard other people say it too. I think after Endgame, Marvel should have stopped taking a. D I know that that's not how it works because they got to keep the money train going. But after that 10-year run that culminated with Endgame and they had the biggest money-making movie of all time, they should have stopped and given us a year, a year or two of nothing. Instead, they thought that was, man, we did it. Let's ramp it up. TV shows, more movies. Like, this is what the people want. Let's give it to them. And I think that attitude fucked everything up. I think after Endgame, they give us at least a solid year of nothing. And then they actually take their time and figure out what they're doing. Because I'm sorry, I still don't feel like they know where the fuck they're going. Mm -hmm. Like, it does, nothing's connecting, nothing's hitting. Not, other than Avengers, uh, excuse me, other than uh, Guardians 3, they haven't done anything that's impressed me. The last couple shows were just whatever. Last movies were just whatever, except for Guardians. Like, they're not doing it right now. And I really think they needed to just take a moment, take a deep breath, and soak up what they did. What they accomplished, man. Like, has never been done. You are going to pull back a little bit on that comment. Because you are going to say, oh, no, I did like that. Loki 
Liked Loki, yeah. Season That's two like, drops October 5th, so we're yeah, a couple yeah. weeks I'll out from that. that. I'll watch that one, but if we had no Loki TV show, I, oh, would, no, no, I wouldn't die. Like, no. I, and, and none of these Marvel shows, like, they're, they've cut their own, they've, what's that bite off your nose to spite your face, right? Yeah. So they've made it to where, like, up until Endgame, they had us. They had everybody. Not just the hardcore comic book fans. They had everyone wanted to know what was going to happen and how this was going to end. Well, it ended and everybody was like, we did it. We got there. It's over. We made it. And then now all they have after that are the hardcore comic book fans. Because what they did was they're like, okay, now you got a TV show that connects to a movie. And we're giving you these minor characters that you don't know anything about or care about that much. And we're going to connect it to the movies and the TV. So your regular average fan that was on board all the way up until Endgame is now like, who the fuck is this? And I got to watch a TV show and then go watch the movie? No, I'm good. I'm not going to do that. So that's why progressively each movie is done worse than the last. Even, even Guardians, which did well, did not make as much money as either of the first two. But it still did well comparatively. But every movie's failed. The the Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania did made far less money than the other two. The Eternals didn't do well. I mean, even Wakanda Forever was I thought they did what they had to do. It was well done for you know, when your lead actor dies and you gotta move on. I thought they did a nice job with it. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it again. I don't really have a desire to watch it again. It was good. But they peaked at Endgame and they needed to take a break and stop and breathe and figure out what they wanted to do next and give us time to miss it again. I don't, you know, when I got a TV show every six months and a movie coinciding with the TV show and they're not good, I'm wanting to miss Marvel for a little while. That's just how I feel. I'm ready for it to go away, take a break and come back with some quality. Don't just bombard me with a bunch of shit. Like, uh, what's the point of that? Like, I, that's you, could, you got my money for now, but it's not as hard a take as you thought. No, a lot of people feel that way. That's what I'm saying. Um, before we get out of here, I want to tell you something that really frustrates me. Okay. And I get it. People want to get their money, and there needs to be equality and all this stuff. Yes. But uh, writer strikes. And shit really pisses me off. Yeah. Because it delays shit. Yes. And unfortunately, we're at that age where a lot of the people that we like, like you just said, man, they better hurry up. Harrison Ford's 80. Yeah. Oh, you absolutely. Know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I really loved Tulsa King. I told you about it. I thought yes. it was fantastic. Yes. It was renewed for season two. Yes. And now it's been pushed back at least a year plus because of the writer's strike. Right. They haven't even had any development. I know Sylvester Stallone probably, you know, but I mean, he's 75. Yeah. And he's starting to look 75. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and there, and I just looked it up because I saw something about the release date. And I was like, oh, maybe there was some movement. No, it was just a clickbait. It worked. Yeah. Um, because of the writer strike, they're saying that things probably won't even get on back on track until 2024, which means season two won't even arrive till sometime in 2025. Yep. It's a year and a half from now. And, and you know... I think they undervalued the writers and what they contribute. They they create everything that these studios need to generate the billions of dollars they make. Because what's going to happen is not only are the new movies going to dry up, but all there's not going to be any new episodes of TV shows for these streamers. So the, the movie companies lose money. The streaming companies lose money. They all lose money because these writers are just asking for a little more. The writers are not asking for a ton, but they're asking for more. And they deserve it because what happened is it used to be if you wrote for a TV show, when that TV show went into circulation and went into reruns, the actors would continue to get paid. Well, what happens now on these streamers, like Netflix will give you all 15 episodes of a show. Boom, right there. There you go. They pay the writer a lump fee. And then if it goes to Netflix and it's a massive hit and it's the number one show on Netflix and it's getting bazillions of streams, those writers don't get shit. There were actors and writers that were on that. At one time, Orange is the New Black was like the hottest show on TV. And in between filming that, one of the actors said, I'm I'm like living in an apartment and taking a part-time job while I'm waiting for the show to come back because they're paid. And the writers are having to take part-time jobs as well. These studios benefit so much from these guys' abilities and talents and make so many billions of dollars. 
Like, give them what they're asking for, and they're asking for a little protection from AI. Because what happens is now there's no protection right now. A studio could go, hey, AI, give me a script that's kind of like um, Michael Keaton's Batman Begins. I want a script like that. And AI will go and take all the Batman movies and churn them together and crank you out a shitty script. And then they'll hand it to one guy and go, here, fix this, make it better. And then put it out. Pay that guy shit for doing that. So the writers are asking for a little more money and a little protection from AI. And the actors are now striking too and asking for the same thing. Because they can take your image. It's like uh, what you were saying that, uh, what's his name was saying, how they took the Nick Cage image with AI and CGI and put it in a movie, a movie he never got to make. Right. So it chaps his ass because I never got to make that Superman movie. So don't give me an image of Nick Cage as Superman of a movie I didn't get to fucking make. You want me to be happy about that? So yeah, man, it sucks because you're right. These people are getting older and we're going to have a year. I don't know what we're going to talk about TV and movie-wise here coming up because they're we're running out. There ain't a lot coming down the pipe. I don't think there's going to be a lot of good ones coming. Right. Like, and uh, yeah, you and I talk a lot about movies and a lot about television. And without writers, that shit don't happen. Good news, Bone Body Rock. Yeah, music time, baby. The music won't stop. Well, Those writers are good. Hope. Yeah, I don't... I, that's why all well you know what a long time ago all the artists realized they had to go independent to make money oh you want to talk about a little bit more music what about the doc announcing that he was going to la to work on two or three songs for snoop's missionary style with dr dre so they could finish it and get it out by this year that was that's probably some of the most exciting news i've heard in a long time uh, that is certainly good news and it brings me uh kind of back to the uh the AI thing, I, I told you, hey, why doesn't, uh, why, do, why doesn't uh, DOC use AI and recreate his old voice? And, but actually write the lyrics. Yeah, and actually write new he lyrics could. and then put out DOC stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no. I don't know why he wouldn't do that. Like, I know that he's done a couple things and he's you know he's out there and his voice is out there and stuff and it, but it's i mean obviously not the same and sometimes it can be hard to understand and things like that yeah yeah so i mean i'm just saying yeah you're you're what you you are on that pedestal to me you know yeah we, we talked about dre yeah and easy yeah and ice cube yeah. being on that shirt yeah probably doc too the doc's pen has crafted so many albums that you and I love that changed our lives. He wrote on Easy Easy Does It. He wrote on Straight Out of Compton. He wrote on N Words for Life and 100 Miles and Running. He wrote on The Chronic. He wrote on The Chronic 2001. Uh, he helped teach Snoop how to write a song so that he could craft a song. The reason Snoop says one, two, three into the foe, Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the dough, is because the DOC told him, hey, it's that first bar that hooks them and brings them in. It needs to be something that catches their attention, something simple, something that they can cling on to and makes them want to continue to listen. He said, why do you think on it, it's it's funky enough that I say one and here comes the two to the three and the four and then I drop the beat you have in store. Lay the lyric on the top like a rug making sounds smooth and like a make a dub. He said that one, two, three into the four is simple and catchy and it immediately draws people in. You got to catch them in that first verse or you lose them. And so that's why Snoop went into the studio and said, one, two, three into the four. Snoop, doggy dog, and Dr. Dre is at your dough, ready to make an entrance. So back on up. The DOC has one album, really. I don't count the second one when he went when he left Ruthless and was mad at Dr. Dre and it's fine, but I, his voice, it's really dark and angry and he was in a bad place and I don't care for that album. I really say the real original DOC only has one album. No one can do it better. And it's still, that could drop right now and I'd be impressed. Mm -hmm. Like I fucking love that album. And he's just, like I said, he's responsible. His pen has crafted not just hits, classics classic after classic he is so important you're absolutely right when he dies and he doesn't have to die legend his pen is legendary dude 100 like i don't i wouldn't even 
there's not a doubt or without a doubt of a shadow in my mind that his pen is legendary. So yeah, I just, you know, that would be to me a way for someone to use the technology for good. Yeah, that would make sense because the thing is, is he wouldn't just have to turn it over to the computer, turn the lyrics over to the computer and say, do it. Because that would be one thing people would say, well, it isn't his flow, but he could rap into the microphone. I imagine he could write the lyrics, rap into the microphone and record it and then hand it over to the AI and be like, change this to make me sound like me, like what I used to sound like. Although I got to admit, man, he he hopped up on this song, uh, on this rock song, and I really love the way his voice sounded on it, like the scratchy, gravelly voice that he has now. I think it works for some stuff, but he's on this, this he's on this track that I really love. And uh, yeah, man, I, I'm excited to see because he, he said it's been years since they've act, they're going to actually be in the studio together. Right. Dre, Snoop and DOC. They're not phoning it in and sending each other beats and sending each other lyrics via email or FaceTime. They're going to be in L.A. in a studio for three weeks, putting it down because Snoop needs two or three classics for the album. And they're going to get two or three solid songs and hopefully wrap that album up and get it out, man. I have to say, uh, I don't know when I've anticipated an album more in a long time. Like, this is exciting, exciting, exciting shit. Like, the 1994 kid in me that was so excited for Doggy Style, or 93, is so excited for Missionary Style. And the title's great. I, I can't wait. It's Snoop owns Death Row, so it's going to be on Death Row. It's going to be Dr. Dre, DOC, and Snoop on Death Row Records. Right. I mean, come on. Does it get any better if you came up in our era? I don't think I, it, does. it does. I don't know how you make it any better than that, man. But I'm I'm excited for that. I'm not excited for much movies or TV coming down the pipe. But I think there's a lot to love in happening in music right now. And I can't wait to hear it all and just see where we go with it. But uh, yeah, man, anything else? What else you got to add to That's this? it, man. That's it. You ready for me to get us on up yeah, out Yeah, take here, us then? out. All right. In the immortal words of my man, George Clinton, anything good is nasty, but it ain't good unless you play with it. So go out there and have some fun, my people. And until the next time, we'll see you in the 209. Be safe. Be good. Peace go check out love. The Flash. Yeah.